If no one sheds light on what is being done in the darkness, it will never stop. One in three girls and one in six boys are sexually abused and told to hush. Breaking the silence is the first step to healing. Healing is a lifelong journey. Find your voice. Your story matters. Pain put me into hiding. Purpose called me out. May the silence be broken. Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien with Nicole Braddock Bromley. So I feel like I may have given my kids a bad rap in the last podcast. Uh oh. <laughs> okay. So it is true. They're crazy. They're stinky. They're little ankle biters. Um, but they're also, to me, they are the cutest, most precious little gooey gumdrops that the world's ever seen. So, um, you know, it's a balance, like most things. And as much as I've been their teacher, truly, um, they have been my teacher also. I remember one time one of them was sick. And everything that went with that, the fever, the sore throat, the runny nose. I remember Jude's tonsils were swollen so big. It looked like two sumo wrestlers were going oh, at it. Oh, <laughs> that sounds so painful. I know. It was bad. But, um, you know, it was, it was hard for him to breathe, sleep, talk, eat. I could barely get him to even taste a popsicle. And one night when he was sick, I remember so specifically, he woke up in the middle of the night. He was crying for me. And I, I ran to him. His body was so hot. And, you know, he was fevering, he was sad, and he was scared. And he said, and this was when he was real little, and he said, Mama, get your blankie and lay with me in bed. <laughs> and so I did. I got into his bed, and I remember scratching his back and um, just holding him really close to me and praying over him. And I remember whispering in his ear how sad I felt that he was hurting. Um, I told him, you know, I was sorry he was going through this because I know he was really hurting, but that I believed that he was going to heal. And I knew he needed to sleep. And so I asked him if he wanted to lay against me. And he said, yes. So I propped up our pillows and, you know, so I could sit up and he could just snuggle in. Mm -hmm. And he, I remember him snuggling right into my left armpit and just slowly, like he was crying so hard, but like while he was all up in there, it was just got quieter and quieter and quieter. And eventually it was silent. And so I thought for sure he was just sleeping there, you know, on my chest. And so I was just determined I wasn't going to move until morning came. But then I felt his head lift up a little bit. And so quietly, Jude said to me, Mama, I hear your heart. Aww. And I love that so much. And that's really stuck with me. Even now, you know, when we talk about our relationship with the Lord, what his heart sounds like for us. Um, and also when I think about our relationship to God as survivors of childhood sexual abuse, our inner child, like mm -hmm. what that feels like having an inner child that needs protected, needs to feel close, nurture, all those kinds of things. And so just you and I, Mary, have talked about our inner child before and, and needing to hear from her and mm -hmm. needing to care for her. And I know a lot of those listening might also relate to that, just having that inner child within you that might be crying out at different times or screaming at God, screaming at you, you know, about your pain. And then a lot of times when we're going through suffering, we ask those questions, you know, we're crying out, we're asking those questions like, why, when is this pain ever going to stop? Or we just get angry, you mm -hmm. know, and, and we're demanding change even from God. And so 
I think about that story and I think about how we don't think very much about God's heart in our own mess. So it's not until we quiet ourselves and we sort of nestle up into like God's armpit, just like Jude was all (laughs) up in mine. And we truly get quiet. You know, we allow our tears to come out until they can't come out anymore. And then we just sit there in the silence and we can hear his heart, just like Jude could hear my heart. And so I think that there's times on our healing journey when we have to come to that place where we can start to hear the truths of God's heart towards us once we get quiet. I remember in the beginning of my healing journey when I was going to counseling and it was so incredibly painful and challenging for me to be quiet. And my counselor even said to me, you don't know how to just be. And I said, you're right. I don't. I never even thought about it that way. I was fearful of intimacy Mm -hmm. that included the people in my life, but it also included God because I had been hurt in my past by someone I trusted. So I wanted to protect my heart and I didn't want to let anybody in. And that included the almighty God. Like I'm good. (laughs) I don't need anybody hurting me again, but it was incredible. I remember just one minute at a time, my counselor had me start with one minute where I would just quiet myself just one minute. And then I would go from there and I would have prayer time and I could go to three minutes and then mm-hmm. I could go to five. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you know, your brain kind of stumbles onto some other topic and, oh, what am I wearing tomorrow? Or what are we having <laughs> for dinner? But yeah, yeah. God knows your heart and you just bring yourself right back to that quiet place of just listening. And the best part is you don't have to do anything. You just show up and he so desperately wants that intimacy with you to just feel connected. And he wants to speak to your heart in that moment. And I think just allowing yourself to be a child again, you know, being willing to be vulnerable with God. That's, Mm -hmm. that's who he is. That's how he wants us to be with him. We can be bold and free in his presence that we're safe with him. And I think that's what our inner child desperately wants is that that safe embrace, that place where we can be completely real, completely vulnerable, where we can breathe deeply with somebody. And as we do, we can, you know, just inhale his presence and the good things that he has come to give us, this love and grace and mercy and replacing all the hurtful things that, you know, we've packed away and and that our inner child has been carrying for Mm -hmm. so long. Like she can lighten her load simply by being in God's presence and being real with him. So it's this relationship that we can engage in with confidence, you know, no matter who we think we are, who we believe we've become, no matter what we've done, no matter what's been done to us, that God promises that he's always near to us. So we can stand on all of these promises that, that he's given us in his word, you know, that he's always near, that he sees us, that he loves us, that, you know, he's always extending a hand to us. And it's not this hand of, rebuke or discipline like a lot of times survivors of abuse would expect but it's this hand of compassion of care of warmth and welcome and um just that he wants to walk with us on this journey there's so many places that we can go along this journey and um things that we can lean on and lean into that that are good and fine and will get us to a certain place in this journey but i personally don't think you can get very far without a relationship with Jesus, because that's what I found to be my place of hope, my place of comfort, um, my place of truth and of, of empowerment. And it's where I found true purpose. And so we could talk about a lot of things when it comes to healing your inner child and walking along this healing journey and, and being able to blossom as a result of that. 
but I personally don't think that we can talk about it for very long without going into what it means that Jesus came and saved us and and wants to walk with us on this journey that he understands every feeling or thought or emotion or hurt or pain that we will ever experience in this life. And so why wouldn't we go to him with all of these things and allow our inner child to find comfort in him? I think something that all survivors of childhood sexual abuse need to be told is it's not your fault. Nicole, you say that all the time. And I love that because when you've been abused in such an intimate way, I can't hear anything you're saying until I am reminded that it was not my fault. Right. Um, so that is so incredibly powerful. And as we were talking, I thought of this song from the group Mercy Me. And one of the lines says, Dear younger me, it's not your fault. You were never meant to carry this beyond the cross. Mm. And I just think about those those little girls that we were, those little boys, or, or maybe it happened when you were older. Um, but I just look at... Uh, what was done to you, what was done to me, what was done to Nicole, and how incredibly awful that was, and how we carry that with us through the rest of our lives. But thankfully, because of who God is and his promises, we can unload all of that right where you are right now and let your inner child just soar and be and breathe. So that's something that really just spoke to my heart as I listened to that song over and over again mm. and a lot of good tears and a lot of really tough tears but it's just a therapeutic thing to let that little inner you uh, just have a voice now mm, that's so good I just think of so many truths that you can just find in his word you know cast all your cares upon me because I care for you you know don't be afraid I'm gonna go with you wherever you go or that he's not distant he hears our cries and he counts every tear that falls from our face or just that one day he's gonna wipe every tear from our eyes like he cares so much for us he wants to comfort us he wants to encourage us that he's doing a good work in us and that his grace can carry us through that his grace is sufficient for us there's so many things that I've leaned on, you know, just truths from the Bible that have carried me through some of my darkest times. And certainly some of the the best ones were just understanding his love for children. Mm -hmm. And I even rely on those verses today, not just for thinking about my kids or the kids that we speak to. Mm -hmm. We want to make an impact in their lives around the world. Um, but just the child that's within me, the child that's within you. You know, he still speaks these words. And in Mark 9, it says, taking the little child in his arms, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever welcomes one of these little kids in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me doesn't welcome me, but the one who sent me. And so it's so obvious to me that children are precious to God. You know, over and over, Jesus shows this love for his kids by welcoming them into his presence and then giving him this special attention he always went out of his way to show others the importance of children and so when we show love and care and concern for kids around us or to those in the world who you know some might consider insignificant you know we're bringing christ into this world and i think we can do the same thing for the child that's within us mm -hmm. when we're speaking love and truth to the child that's within within us that didn't feel protected that doesn't feel valued because of what happened to her or him we're doing the same thing we're welcoming god's presence into our own healing journey and you know many children even adults have never experienced this welcome that jesus talks about Many kids today are not welcome in their own homes. Right now, frankly, our country is becoming a frightening place for children and for all of us to be living. According to Jesus' words in Mark 9, 
you know, Jesus and just simply love are being rejected every day. But see, as followers of Christ, we have to be committed to welcoming, to honoring, to protecting kids, not just in our communities, but within our own healing journey, that little child that wasn't protected years and years ago. And it's amazing when you finally had that first experience of seeing someone through Jesus's eyes. Mm. Um, I remember for me volunteering at a homeless ministry, and it was a really big struggle for me because as I looked around the room, I wasn't like these people. I didn't have, you know, I, I had a pretty intact childhood um, mm-hmm. outside of my abuse. So I just felt so out of my element, but I could look at these kids and just love on them exactly as I would have loved on myself, mm. if that makes sense. That makes total sense. Um, just as the adults, you know, should and, and did love on me, the good, healthy people. Um, and once you have a little taste of that, of just showing God's love to someone else, it is contagious and you want to do it more <laughs> and more and more. And it grows that compassion inside of you. Mm-hmm. That's really good. That makes me think of, you know, later in the Bible, in the book of Mark, in Mark 10, um, Jesus takes that message even further when there were there were these kids and, and these moms that were coming to him. And the disciples were like, um, what are all these moms and kids doing here? Like, get them out of here, you yeah. know? But Jesus loved kids so much. It was just the same thing. It was, you could see that fiery passion. It's like once he was loving on one kid, like just more and more came and he wanted to just love more and more. So the picture in the Bible that I get is, you know, Jesus is basically chilling with the people. He's basically doing like a book signing (laughs) and these women and children are coming and the disciples are like, uh, moms, uh, kids, no, no, no. Like get out of here. You know, like, do you know who this is? Exactly. And back in that day, moms and kids were not like first class citizens. Like they had to take a seat to the men. So but then Jesus like turns in and he's like, whoa, 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 Peter, like, are you serious right now? Like, let them come to me. Mm-hmm. You know, did you just tell them to leave? I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to bring them in and I'm going to actually hold them. I'm going to hold these kids, Aww. you know, and I just love that picture because I think he's making a statement here. He's making a statement to the disciples and really to all of us. You know, He's saying that unless you become like this marginalized child, you're not even going to begin to understand what I'm trying to do in this world. Unless we start to welcome and embrace kids of all colors and all class, we're not going to be entering the kingdom of God here. We're not welcoming God into our midst. And it's the same way. When we when we press down the inner child that's within us, that child that was abused, neglected, humiliated, betrayed, broken, when we when we push them down and we numb down the, the things that they're feeling or the things that they're trying to say to us, we're also pushing down and pushing away and numbing what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to give them a voice. And so it's not just giving a voice to all the kids in our world, which we should be doing, but it's also about giving that inner child within us a voice again. So we can do that. What Jesus was doing in these stories in the New Testament, we can do the same for our inner child. We can bring him or her to the arms of Jesus for that welcome, acceptance, purpose. Sometimes we can be that almost loving parent who can hear the child's voice within us and recognize the needs that that we have and then just do that, just bring bring them to Jesus for that fulfillment and for the attention that they deserve. Because whether you like it or not, that child who you once were is still there. You know, it's buried under layers of adult anxieties, responsibilities, 
hardness that might have come through, you know, disappointments in your life. Deep inside, we all, I think, have a hunger for what Jesus can give us. He can take us up in his arms and speak words over us that bring healing to places that no one else's words can. So I just encourage you to spend some time this week um, just relaxing in his presence, you know, allowing yourself to be a child again, listening to the child within you, you know, just nestling up into his armpit, really hearing his heart for you. And maybe you want to get artistic, you know, use crayons or paint or, you know, make a picture or journal to the Lord. Um, just allow yourself to be creative and just to find space in your life to get quiet and invite him to speak to those areas of your heart that need peace, that need joy, that need freedom, that need grace. It's funny how you're talking about these different activities or things you can do to love on your inner child. Just uh, two or three days ago, I was in a parking lot and I got up on the little curb thing. I don't even know what it's called to stop you from driving. <laughs> yeah, You drove up on it. I, I didn't drive up oh. on it. I got out of the car oh, okay. and I walked up on that. And it was like I was six years old again. Mm. I stepped up on it and I put my arms out to the side, balancing myself. And I just slowly put one foot in front of the other like it was a balance beam. Yeah. And I was thinking about being a little girl again and just feeling so free and how just those tiny little 20 seconds of being silly feed your soul. And it felt good in that moment to just be hey, I'm just doing my thing and no one could stop me. And I don't know, it just felt really good for me. Um, so it's stuff like that, whether it's that or getting ice cream or running with a kite in the park, just things that make you feel free and good. You've got to do that as much as you can. I love that. And I'm so glad you allowed yourself to do that. I think we do. We need to pay attention to those little things. And, you know, if if some song from your childhood comes up this week, like really pay attention to those things. Think about what that means to you now. You know, the fact that you're still alive, you survived, like you've mm -hmm. been through some really hard stuff and you're here. We're still here and we still have a battle to fight, but we can take those 20 seconds and to relive some of the good things mm -hmm. and to feel innocent and free again. I think that's so important to keep us going as we walk towards that light at the end of the tunnel that, you know, we've got to keep going. We've got to keep moving. But part of the process of our healing journey is allowing ourselves to be that kid again, to love our inner child and to nurture her and to point her or to point him back to the heart of Jesus, because that is where our true nurture, our true acceptance, our true love and freedom and our purpose will be found. So incredibly grateful you are here today. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. If you heard something that really connected with you, you can write a review and be sure to invite friends and family to listen so more people can hear about healing from sexual abuse. Our next podcast is awesome because <laughs> in this crazy world that we live in and the things that you've gone through, the really tough stuff that you consider baggage, how in the world are you supposed to find joy? We are going to dive into that and just walk through that journey together. You can find out more at IamOneVoice.org or check us out on Facebook.